Amen. Okay, righty. Um, okay, usual game. All right, you've only got two left to choose from. All right, so this film clip is uh, taken from uh, Inside Out already, Inside Out, if you've not seen it. Um, it's about a mum, a dad, and a daughter, and uh, the, uh, I don't know what you call them really, the little people, the gremlins inside their heads that control their emotions. Okay, so which vice is this? How is the first day of school? He's probing us. I'm in. You pretend to be joy. Okay. Um, hmm. It was fine, I guess. I don't know. Oh, very smooth. That was just like joy. Something is definitely going on. She's never acted like this before. What do we do? We're going to find out what's happening. But we'll need support. Signal the husband. Ahem. Uh oh, he's looking at us. What did she say? What? Oh, oh, sorry, sir. No one was listed. Is it garbage night? Uh, we left the toilet seat up. What? What is it, woman? What? <sighs> He's making that stupid face again. I could strangle him right now. Signal him again. Ah, so, Riley, how was school? Oh, oh me. <laughs> For this, we gave up that Brazilian helicopter pilot. <laughs> Boom, I'll be joy. School was great, all right? Riley, is everything okay? Uh, sir, she just rolled her eyes at us. What is her deal? All right, make a show of force. I don't want to have to put the foot down. No, not the foot. Riley, I do not like this new attitude. Oh, I'll show you attitude. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, hey! What is your problem? Just leave me alone. Sir, reporting high levels of sass. <laughs> Take it to DEFCON 2. You heard that, DEFCON 2. Listen, young lady. I don't know where this disrespectful attitude came from. You want a piece of this pot? Come and get it! Yeah, well, look. Well, Here it comes. Prepare the foot. <laughs> Keys to second position. <laughs> Ready to launch your command, sir. Just shut up! Fire! That's it. Go to your room. Now. <laughs> Foot is down. The foot is down. <laughs> Good job, gentlemen. That could have been a disaster. <laughs> that was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's the vice? You're a rat. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's begin um, by um, uh, a lesson on pronunciation. Um, so. <laughs> In, uh, um, in every uh, cultured and sophisticated mm. country, this is called wrath. Mm. Okay, so let's just practice that. <laughs> well, this is, how do we say this word? This is wrath. This is wrath. Broth. Different letter, it doesn't count. So this is wrath. Okay, and if you think about it, our current culture, I mean, this is probably an exaggeration, online anyway, our current culture seethes with anger, actually, anger and contempt, particularly in the world of uh, politics, I would argue, and that would be reason enough for us to consider, you know, why, is, why can wrath and anger get such a, uh, uh, a hold of people? But of course, like with any sin, it's easy to spot it in other people, isn't it? 
and see where somebody else is getting angry. What can sometimes be a bit more tricky to see where this has got a um, uh, hold of us. So firstly then, the question is, um, wrath or what is it? What do you think? As advice, what do you think wrath is? Okay, you're not going to talk to me. Turn around and talk to your neighbours. Get into little groups and um, come up with a definition of what wrath is. Anger is an internal situation. Okay, what do you think? someone else is doing injustice does anyone else think we need some oxygen? Okay, anyone? What, what, what do you think wrath is? What do you think the vice of wrath is? Excessive anger. Ex- excessive anger. Anger for the wrong reasons. Anger for the wrong reasons. Anyone else? Destructive. Destructive anger. What about the wrath of God? The wrath of God? No, no, no. I mean, why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going we're gonna to get to that. So I try to say anger is a feeling and wrath is its expression. It's when you let your anger out. Okay, yep, absolutely. Anything else? Okay, um, well, we'll, we're going to look at it. Okay, someone has said that sinful anger, if we, if we think of wrath in some ways being, um, and we'll get to Mo- Moses' point about uh, the wrath of God, um, if, if just a simple one is... Anger wrongly expressed, let's just think of it like that for a moment, sinful anger. Um, uh, Someone has said that it might be the first sin that any of us uh, commit. And you don't have to have a kid, a baby for long, okay, before you realise, whoa, they can get seriously angry. Okay, now, and I should pass this on, should I, because this can get very distracting. Um, Let's go back that way. Um, Interestingly, you probably, I, we don't think of our anger as being sinful. Okay, we often think of our anger as being justified, and we'll look why in a minute. Okay. Proverbs um, uh, 22, 24 to 25 says, Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Okay, look at the parallelism there. And I want you to work out, what does that tell you about wrath or sinful anger? Do, do you understand parallelism? Anyone not understand what I'm talking about? Okay, so the first line here parallels the second line, and the third line parallels the fourth line, and they're both explaining each other in some way. Okay. So what does that tell you about anger? It's 
easy to catch it. Uh, like a cold. Yeah. Indeed. Yep. Anyone else? It's hard to get rid of it. Yeah. Okay. I, if you, if you look at it, okay. So if you look at the parallelism, so. Um, uh, to be friends with a man of anger, a man given to anger, a person who's angry, is effectively to go with them. You learn their ways in some way. Okay? But if you learn his ways, it's a snare. Okay? And that tells you that anger is a snare. It's like a trap. Okay? It's something that can get you... That, that's a snare. It's something that can get you in its teeth. But of course, as somebody has said, one writer says, like any snare it can be well camouflaged. Okay, it can feel, your anger, my anger, it can feel so right that we don't even realize that we're sinning. Okay. And yet, okay, what, what is, um, this is Paul in Ephesians 4, be angry and do not sin. What does that tell you? Sometimes it's okay to be angry. Sometimes it's okay to be angry, okay. You can be angry and not sin is what um, uh, Paul is saying. But if you're going to be angry, make sure you don't sin. It's not always wrong. Okay, but it's those two things, all right, that um, the fact that anger can often feel so right and that it is not always wrong, that it feels right to us and it's not always wrong, it's that that can make it difficult to diagnose in our own hearts. Okay, so the question is, is how do we diagnose it? Okay, and Thomas Aquinas said that righteous anger is, um, good anger is aiming at something. What do you think it's aiming at? What is, what is righteous anger, good anger, got in its eyesight? Sin. Sin, be more specific. Injustice. Injustice, yeah, okay. It's got injustice. So something has been done against you or somebody else it's unjust, it's wrong, and anger is our um, response to it. It's the desire to correct the wrong. But if you think about it, wrath, unrighteous anger, sinful anger, is unrighteous because it's not fighting injustice. Okay, it may be fighting um, our own selfish cause, something that w we care about. And something often that we might care about too much. Okay, the wrathful person, the person who's given to single act, the sinful anger, may explode over things that they shouldn't. And interestingly, if you think about it, they may not get angry about things they should get angry about. Um, but of course, when we're angry about something, we think we're justified, don't we? Otherwise we wouldn't, we wouldn't be getting angry. We think this is something we should fight about. And that's why it, it feels so right. Whenever we get angry, we think we're justified because we think that some injustice has been done to us or to others who we love. And so somebody has described anger as being like a, a guard dog. You know, it's protecting, it's guarding. Anger is defending something. And unrighteous anger sinful wrath guards and defends things we shouldn't feel so strongly about we shouldn't get this doesn't matter enough to be getting so angry about it okay which is why dallas willard the american um, philosopher wrote that wrath is our response to an insult to our kingdom the way i want the world to be 
the way I think I should be treated. And he says that the problem is that we mistake our kingdom for God's kingdom. Okay, so, does anyone in the Bible get angry? Mm-hmm. Other than God, and we'll get to God in, 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 in a minute. Okay, Moses, Saul, Jesus, yeah, this, we're playing the usual game, guess what Martin's thinking, mm-hmm. and none of you are, David, yeah, I'm not thinking about that, yep. Anyone else? Cain, yeah. No, Moses, no. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, yeah. Anyone? Jonah, okay. Look at Jonah. Look at the end of Jonah and and look at Jonah getting angry. Okay, so come to Jonah chapter 4. And we're told that something displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was angry. And then God asks him in verse 4, do you do well to be angry? What, what, Jonah, what, what, what are you... Have you got another wasp in there? Just keep him over by you, Yang. Um, okay, so God asks him, Jonah, why are you angry? Is this the right response? Okay, so, anyone, what was Jonah angry about? What had, ex- what had um, uh, displeased him exceedingly? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he wants God to destroy the Ninevites, and God doesn't do it. And he says, so uh, Jonah says, oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was yet in my country? I knew you'd have mercy on them. This is why I didn't want to come. I knew you'd be merciful. For I knew, he says, that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. That's what I'm angry about. What is he angry about? Yeah, so he, he's angry that... He's angry that God isn't angry. Okay, he's angry that God is slow to anger. He's angry because the world isn't the way he... God is not behaving the way he wants God to behave. He wants God to be this nationalistic, blast the enemy, blast the foreigner, blast the Ninevites kind of a God. And God isn't like that. And that's what he's angry about. The world is not... And God is not acting in the world. And God is not like the God that he wants him to be. Is that righteous or unrighteous anger? That's a Sunday school question. <laughs> it is unrighteous anger, isn't it? And he's getting angry about something that he shouldn't. Okay, so as we consider this whole issue of anger and wrath, the question is, is what angers you? What, what is it that you are getting angry about? What is your anger guarding? What is it protecting or defending? And what does that say about what you value? That this is the treasure that you're trying to guard. Okay, look at um, James 4, verses 1 to 2. And this is a, um, a verse that Sue and I use a lot with uh, young couples who are preparing for marriage. I think it is one of the most helpful uh, Bible verses to understand why people have problems in their marriages, or problems in their relationships, why you might have an argument with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your, you know, your fiancé or your husband or your wife. And uh, James says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. What word do you spot there again? 
It's this word desire, isn't it? It's this over-desiring. The reason people have quarrels, the reason people fight, is they want something just too much and they're not getting it. The other person isn't giving it to them. And so you're prepared to go to war over it. Okay, it's why um, Gregory of Nyssa, another old guy with a beard, he described anger, uh, wrath, as the sword of desire. When we don't get what we want, when somebody isn't giving me my desires, we get the sword out and we slash and we cut and we, and we thrust. Okay, so what are those things that we might be desiring? It might be a desire for respect. You're not treating me the way I think I should be treated. And think about why do people get road rage? You know, what, why do guys, maybe particularly, I mean, I feel this. If somebody cuts me up and I just feel this anger, why? Because I'm thinking, you, you don't treat me like that. Hey, I'm Martin Slack. Nobody cuts me up. Or that might be that, you know, your wife or your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, or somebody treats you in a way that you think you don't deserve to be treated and you get uh, uh, angry about that. It might be for a desire, it might be a, a desire for comfort or security. And when somebody threatens that, um, or frightens us, um, or puts us out, then wrath flares up. Okay. And the thing that we want, may, that we're guarding, may not be wrong in itself, like all of these things. That, they, these might be good things. It's that we over-desire it. This is meaning too much to us. And so wrath has this power. What we get angry about has this power to reveal the idols in our hearts. Okay, so to know why we are getting angry, we need to look at what we think is being threatened, because that tells us what we love. Okay, so how does anger show itself? Okay, emotionally. Okay, how does um, anger, how do, what, 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 what variations on anger emotionally are there? Turn around and talk, give you a minute on that. The, how, what are the different ways anger shows itself emotionally? Just talk amongst yourselves for a minute on that. Okay, what do you reckon? What are some of the um, what are some of the emotional variations of anger that we might um, express? Anyone? How might you express it differently? Shouting. A shouting. Breaking, breaking, destroying things. Breaking, destroying things. I think I heard Franco say uh, punching things like a wall. 
Okay, Sue, um, when Sue worked in um, uh, urgence, uh, um, emergency, there's a, um, what is it? What's the metacarpal? The fist metacarpal is a classic injury of young men who, in their anger, punch a wall. Okay, and they come in with this. And you just, you don't even have to take a history. You don't have to ask them. You know exactly what's happened. You know, Saturday night, Friday night, you know, they've broken up with their girlfriend or whatever, and they've gone and punched a wall. At least it's only one. At least it's not her, absolutely. <laughs> But he's taking, he's physically acting out his, his anger. A- anything else? So these are expressions, we, we express it. Any, any, any other way we handle anger or we emotionally express anger? Start cursing. A cursing, verbalizing, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Be like a silent, like a quiet, just bitterness, sullenness. Exactly. Okay, so we both express it or we may internalize it. And those are the two um, ways. Look at what Paul says about love in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, love is not irritable or resentful. Just think about that as a sort of emotional varieties of anger. Okay, because that is hot and cold anger. So hot versus cold anger. And one writer says, you may blow up or you clam up. You may shout or you pout. You spew or you stew. Okay, and both can be evidence of the sin or the vice of wrath. And in his commentary on um, uh, this, um, in uh, Anthony Thistleton, in his commentary on 1 Corinthians, he looks at this verse, verse 5, love is not irritable or resentful. And he says that the word for irritable conveys the sense of being prodded with a sharp stick. Okay. Whereas resentful uh, has this, it's a keeping record of wrongs. And you're jotting down all the wrongs, like an accountant, counting everything up, keeping the record. And that's what wrath can be like. It can be either of those. It can respond like somebody being shoved with a sharp stick and it's all action and it's all outrage, or, and, and they're, they're easily provoked, you know, they're like a bomb with a short fuse and you just have to light it and very quickly this is going to explode. And, you know, soon and I, we have a, a member of our extended family who's angry is just like this. And, um, you know, it's very unpleasant to be around because you never know what's going to set it off. Uh, but wrath can be much more hidden than that, can't it? Okay. It can also be like this little accountant inside of you, and you notice what she said to you. Okay, so you're just jotting it down, and you are you're you're just keeping a record of this, and you're plotting your revenge. You're going to get her back somehow. You know, my um, my stepfather says that revenge is a dish best served cool, cold. Okay, you just bide your time. You're just, you're just getting them down. But they're both wrathful. They're both angry. They both think they've had some injustice done against them, and they are going to get the back on, on this. And that's cold anger. Okay. Now, before we look at how we're going to uh, deal with this, I want us to reconsider this idea. Is there such a thing as righteous anger? Is, 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 there, is there really such a thing as righteous anger. Okay, so question to you, is there such a thing as righteous anger? And why? Okay, why, Susan? 
Okay, because God is angry, absolutely. Uh, look, look at these uh, verses. Uh, Psalm 7, verse 11. God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. Okay, or Romans 1.18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. Okay, so if God gets angry and he never sins, then anger rightly expressed is not sinful. Any other uh, reasons why um, there might be such a thing as righteous anger? Well, it's real evil being committed against people who are actually being harmed and we should be offended or upset by that. Sometimes. Exactly. There is such a thing as injustice. And we, want God to be, uh, we want God to be active against that and we should be active against that. That's a right response. Absolutely. Anyone else? Okay, I mean, what about Jesus? I mean, I know that's, um, so, you know, God gets angry, so, so Jesus gets angry. You know, one um, American uh, writer, Garrett uh, Kaiser, he said, um, I am unable to commit to any Messiah who doesn't knock over tables. Okay, meaning a Messiah who is untroubled or apathetic about injustice and iniquity, that's not a Messiah worth following. We need a Messiah, we need a Saviour, we need a God who gets angry about injustice. Um, and so Thomas Aquinas, he distinguished righteous, uh, well-ordered anger from, on the one hand, um, apathy on the, um, uh, complacent apathy on the one hand and sinful anger uh, wrath on the other, and it's wrathful excess, it's wrathful anger, that's what the vice is. It's not righteous, well-ordered anger. And um, if you think that anger is defending something that we love that is threatened, uh, anger is not always opposed to love. You know, C.S. Lewis wrote that anger is the fluid love bleeds, when you cut it, your anger is a right response in the whole realm of love. And, uh, which is what Andrew was uh, getting at, anger is not just destructive. You know, anger, can be, uh, anger can be a constructive thing. It can give us the inner fight to help us do what's right, to overcome difficulty. It may be the thing that makes us stand up and fight against injustice or, or immorality. It's a thing that can make us bold when we're tempted to be timid. And that helps explain why um, Aristotle uh, said uh, he praised the person who gets angry at the right things and with the right people and also in the right way and at the right time and for the right length of time. Okay. But okay, as you consider the as you consider Christ. Is anger the defining characteristic of his character? It's not, is it? It's a part, but it's not the. Def you don't think of Christ as angry. You think of him as merciful and as gracious and as loving and as the one who lifts up the downcast and who's gentle. In fact, he says of himself when he tells us to come and take his yoke upon him and learn from him and take on his character, he says, I am gentle and humble of heart. 
he does not say, I'm a God of righteous anger. Interestingly. And then when Moses asks God to show him his glory, the Lord passes by declaring his name, and which is his character, and he says, the Lord, the Lord, slow to anger. That's how God's glory is displayed, through the Lord being slow to anger. And then James writes, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Full stop. And if it doesn't produce God's righteousness, it's unlikely to produce any other sort of righteousness either. Okay, plus Paul writes, let all bitterness and wrath and anger be put away from you. He doesn't qualify it, does he? He doesn't say, put it all aside, except the righteous kind. Except the kind where you think you're really justified this time. He says, put it all away. And then Jesus says, everyone who is angry with his brother is liable to judgment. Everyone who is angry with his brother is liable to judgment. And he puts anger on the same continuum as murder. So while Jesus can get righteously angry, we have to consider, is it possible for me to do that? Or is it always going to be tinged in some way? Okay, because we tend, firstly, we tend to defend the wrong things, like my agenda, like my reputation, like the expectations I have for life. Secondly, we tend to get angry with the wrong people, like the person in the call centre. I mean, this was a moment where I had to, this is a, um, I, I was, I don't know, I think it was phoning salt or something. There's nothing like trying to speak to somebody at a mobile phone company to really make you angry. And um, I got off the phone, having spoken to them, given them you know, peace of my mind or whatever, just being cold and, you know, this is ridiculous, how can you say that? You know, not blowing up, but just being cold and hard. And, and I got off the phone and um, one of my girls said to me, Dad, do you really, is that really how you should speak to somebody? And I realised, boy, I am treating somebody in a way, because I'm angry, I just should not be treating them like that. But the point here is I'm treating the wrong person. It's not that person at their call centre's fault. They're just an employee. If there is a problem, it's a problem way up the line. I shouldn't be taking out my anger on uh, this specific individual. Or we can get angry in the wrong way. Our emotions are out of proportion. We get too easily angry. We take it to at a too high a level, or we stay angry for too long. And so it's no, you know, is there such a thing as righteous anger? Yes, but it's no wonder I think that mastering anger has long been considered one of the key steps in spiritual formation. You've got to deal with your anger. You know, John Cassian, who we've seen a few times, he said that the emotion of wrath blinds the eyes of the soul. It stops us being able to see Christ. And he says, you know, it doesn't matter, he says, whether a blindfold is made of gold or lead. It doesn't matter whether it's good or bad, if you see what it means. It still blinds your eyes because we get so wound up Okay, so there is such a thing as righteous anger. There has to be God in this. However, getting rid of all anger, that is going to be sound advice for most of us most of the time. Not all of the time, 
But most of the time, we should be seriously considering what am I really getting angry about? And you know, someone has described anger as being like a two-year-old child. The more you indulge it, the more you give it what you want, it wants, the more difficult it's going to be to control it. Okay, as Dallas uh, Willard again said, he said, feelings could be good servants, but they are terrible masters. Okay, so in groups, um, why is wrath dangerous? Okay, and why should you seek to root it out, this sinful anger? I'll just give yourself a couple of minutes talking about why is it dangerous? What, what's the outcome that we do not want, that anger is, good things anger is not going to do? Okay, what do you think? Why, why is anger, why is sinful wrath dangerous? Just throw some ideas out there. Keeps you from love. It keeps you from love. Great, it's an enemy of love. Yeah. Any, anything else? You were talking, so somebody must have come up with something. Back row girls. Yes, yeah, Samara. Priscilla. Yeah, okay. So you mean you, 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 your first response is cold, so you button it up until it gets to the point where the pressure is so much you just explode. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so it's internally destructive, it destroys us and then destroys others. Yeah, to the point that it's, it's we justify our own anger yeah. incorrectly, most of the time we're probably wrong about it. Yeah. 
So most yeah. of the time we should probably not be angry. Yeah, exactly. He learns the things about anger and oh, parenting. What do you do? Every day. Yeah, every day. Um, anything else? Yeah. It just tends to explode beyond you know what we might have intended or what might yeah. be appropriate. So even yeah. if a little bit is appropriate, it tends yeah. to yeah. become a lot more. Yeah, the collateral damage sort of seems to spread. Yeah, before now. Yeah. Anything else? Okay, let's um, uh, look at this. This is Frederick Buchner again. He said, of the seven deadly sins, wrath is probably the most fun. One might argue that. But, um, <laughs> wrath is probably the most fun, he says. To savour to the last toothsome morsel of both the pain you are given, and that's interesting. Okay, there is a sense in which wrath feeds on this. You know, the, the fact that you've insulted me, you've, you've dissed my honour in some way. Both the pain you're given and the pain you're giving back, in many ways, uh, it is a, fis- a feast fit for a king. The chief drawback is you are feasting on yourself. The skeleton at the feast is you. Okay, so firstly, it hurts us, the person who gets angry. Okay, wrath, which is um, probably what Priscilla was saying. Um, Proverbs 19.19 says, A man of great wrath will pay the penalty... For if you deliver him, you will only have to do it again. Which means, number one, we don't learn. We don't learn from our anger, interestingly. We have to take active steps if we're going to. But um, secondly, Tim Keller, he says that... um, uh, He says wrath carries its own penalty. Um, Because, he says, it makes them appear, the person who gets angry... It makes them appear less trustworthy to others. They are their own worst enemies. And think what it's like. If you've got a colleague who's angry, gets angry easily, what do you do? You sort of tiptoe around them, don't you? Okay, you sort of negotiate the way you're going to do it. Or like our family, you know, our extended family member. We don't send our, our kids there. So we, we, don't, we don't particularly enjoy spending that time there. Because you, with, you put guard... If you know somebody's wrathful or angry you put guards up okay you don't um uh you emotionally withdraw uh, from them and that so that's a penalty that's that's a cost for uh, for, for them you know seneca uh, wrote um another one whom danilo reads for breakfast uh, wrath is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured it's you it's corroding okay secondly it damages us spiritually okay look what paul wrote to timothy he said i desire that in every place the men should pray lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling and i think you could argue that that suggests that anger hinders your prayers you don't you know, we want you to be praying not angry people why, why might anger hinder our prayers How easy do you find it to pray when you're angry? When you're really wound up by something? When somebody's really got your goat? It's not easy, is it? You have to calm down first. And because we're holding a grudge, that's also not, you know, you have to, if you want to be forgiven, you've got to forgive. Okay, there's this mutuality. And so if we're grudge holding and we're seething inside, there's not great grounds for 
uh, for praying. We're too wound up. We're too self-righteous to be heard. As James says again, our anger does not produce God's righteousness. Um, plus, when um, Paul talks about those who do certain things and they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God, he includes those who are given to fits of anger. Okay, wrath is simply incompatible, sinful wrath is incompatible with the kind of people God wants us to be. Thirdly, it hurts others. Okay, it destroys friendships, it destroys churches, destroys business partnerships, it destroys marriages, it destroys families, it destroys people. And like all the vices, it is a gateway sin. You know, just more stuff comes from it. You know, this is a both extension of it. People, if you get angry with somebody, they get angry with you. Anger just get, goes up like this. Or self-righteousness comes in. Or people might lie to avoid the, to avoid the anger. They might, you know. So it, it just leads to more sin in you and um, in others. Okay, so how to deal with it. What, what, might be a, what might be part of a strategy to start dealing with sinful anger in a person's heart? How would you help a friend? What would you say to them? Anyone? Yeah, Andrew? Um, I mean, the ultimate... One one counter to anger, even righteous anger, is forgiveness. Even if there is a real wrong, just say, I'm going to let it go. I love you more than I care about yeah. exacting yeah. penalty for this wrong. Yeah. Absolutely, which is, you know, going back to Zach, it's about love. Fundamentally. Yeah. yeah, anyone else? Is there a hand up? Yeah. I tell them to breathe. <laughs> yeah. Take a second. Yeah, exactly. Anger, wrath, all that can be just such an overwhelming feeling that it clouds your judgment. Yeah. And like a lot of other feelings, just yeah. be overwhelming. Just take a second, realize yeah. what's going on, what you're yeah. feeling, yeah. what you are going to say, what you say it. Yeah. yeah, count to ten. Yeah. Yeah, before you put the foot down. Yeah. Systems go. Anything else? Uh, in Proverbs, we read overlooking offense. Yeah. Yeah, just overlook it. Overlook it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Pray for your enemies. Yeah. Pray for your enemies and for your anger. Yeah. Exactly. Given that you are your greatest enemy. Um, okay. I would say number one. Okay. Understand God's wrath. Okay. So your divine anger, God's anger, that is the safeguard against our human anger. Okay. Look at um, uh, look at Paul in Romans twelve. And I, this is, I just find this so helpful for me personally. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is, it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. You think about that, and we've talked about this in, in group before, but if God really is the God of the liberals, if God really is a God who does not get angry, he never judges anyone. Okay, then we have to judge. We've got to exact the punishment. We've got to get our own back. And we've only got this life in which to do it. So be wrathful, get angry, get back, get even. 
But if you know that God is a God of wrath, that he's the one who sees it all and he will judge and he will exact his punishment in the right time, then I don't have to do it. It's only, it's only understanding this that can actually break the cycle of anger and violence. That's the only thing that's going to sort out our political situation, frankly, is to understand that it's God who will sort all of this out, ultimately, eternally. Not that I have to win my battles in, in this life. So understand that God's wrath and, and understand that he's in control of the universe. I don't have to be. Okay, secondly, identify uh, your idols. What are you angry about? Just take that moment. In that moment of breathing, counting to ten, what is it that I'm getting angry about? And is that really something I should be getting angry about? Mm -hmm. you know, one interesting thing that I read was spend a week or a month documenting, maybe if this speaks to you, spend a week or a month documenting every time you find yourself getting angry, hot or cold anger, and then look back, and this is what Andrew's saying about parenting, look, look back a week later and think, was it worth it? Was, was, that actually, was I actually justified? Was it such a big deal? Was I justified? What, what, were, what were the ideas that I was getting so wound up about? And actually use that to show yourself that actually a lot of the time we're not justified in uh, getting uh, angry. What do you have to be angry about? Thirdly, love what is most lovely. Okay, make him your idol. Because as, as our love for him grows, our love for self and our love for e our own ego will diminish. And with it, wrong anger. And then just again, put off and put on. You know, Psalm 37 verse 8 says, refrain from anger and forsake wrath. So we should. Let's put it off and instead put on forgiveness. Let's put on love. Let's put on the character of Christ. Let's, let's grow in those fruit of the spirit of peace. Patient, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay. So if I can just yes, go on, Andrew. I think one of the problems with anger also is, is it seems the most appropriate or the most easiest or quickest yeah. or immediate. This is this is what I need to do to, to rectify the situation. Yeah. And often, gentleness, kindness, talking it through. Um, thinking about the other person as having good intentions, because yeah. I think one of the things we often do in anger is we, we assume bad intentions yeah. on the other person, exactly. and then we get upset about that. But they didn't have, they were bad intentions, they were just forgetful, they were just whatever, you know, careless or, or, or something like that. So, and there's many other better ways of dealing with these crises, just like we saw in, in the film clip, then simply go to your room and don't talk yeah. to me that way. Let's stop, let's discuss, let, let's yeah. explore. So it, it's, it's also an inappropriate response yeah. where there are many other more fruitful ways of handling the situation, yeah. a disagreement or the offense, yeah. or perceived offense, than simply getting angry and, yeah. and getting the boxing gloves yeah. out. Absolutely. And, and on, on that, you know, anger very often just makes the problem worse, doesn't it? It, 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 it blows up. It yeah. just blows up and you still have to deal with this thing later yeah. on down, down the line. But actually what you've done is you've now built more layers in the wall between the two, between the two of you. And the problem is that this responding with patience and kindness and thinking it through, it just requires more effort. It's yeah. easier to respond yeah. in anger, isn't it? But when we do, the other person will also 
Calm down. down. I think that's yeah. equivalent by loss of experience yeah. shows that if we respond yeah. gently to someone who's angry with us, then that they will give yeah. them the opportunity to calm down. Exactly. A gentle, ang- a gentle answer turns away wrath. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Go to groups. <laughs>